From the Intentional Living Center, beautiful Tucson, Arizona, I'm Dr. Randy, along with Jennifer and Steven, our team here. We're fired up, ready to go. we got callers who want to talk to us and some who've left comments uh, as we continue this discussion about the power of one thing. What is that? That uh, means that every day we should be thinking about one thing today that uh, we'll look back at the end of the day and say, thank you, Lord, I was able to either change an attitude, maybe it's an attitude thing for one for the day, or maybe it's a behavior Maybe it's thinking, whatever that one thing is, look back and say, Lord, that was very helpful. I hope it brings you glory today. It certainly brought benefit to me. Uh, and this is how we grow. We grow in our life and our relationships. So no matter where you are, you could be in a hospital bed today and your one thing may be, as I've talked to people, maybe your one thing today is to share with that nurse that comes in about God's goodness. My dad did that in the years that he was in and out of the hospital. He got fired up and sharing with the nurses and doctors and sharing the gospel and what he what God was doing in his life. And maybe on the other hand, you're running fast today, big time in your business. What one thing today you're going to do that brings glory to God and benefit to those around you. That's what we're talking about. Lots of stories. You're welcome to share yours on our storyline at 888-888-1717. Let's go to the phone. Corey in Michigan. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Appreciate your call. What's your, uh, what's your one thing, Corey? My one thing is trying to deal with my anger because sometimes I get anger issues. Mm. Is it creating problems in relationships? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and what have you found? I'm, one of, the, I'm okay. one of them people that don't know how to hold my tongue too well yeah. when I get angry. And um, have you found anything that helps you? Uh, working out and... Sometimes, you know, when I pray to God, sometimes everything is good and going to church and everything. So I've got an awesome church. And, That's good. And you're a Christian? Yeah. You, know, you know the Lord? You have a relationship? Yes, yeah, okay. I do. Uh, I was saved when I was 16, baptized when I was 40. Good for you. That's good. Hey, listen, Corey, you know, there's a little verse in the book of Ephesians that says, be angry. Do you know the Bible tells us to be angry? Uh, but it goes on, yeah. but there's a little... There's a little comma there. Be angry, but uh, do not sin. And I think right. what I think what Paul is saying is, um, to at least this is the way, the way I look at it. God gives us emotion for a reason, and the question would be, what's the reason for your anger? Is there something going on with anger that needs to be worked on in your life? Is there something you got that anger? You don't want to sin. You don't want to lash out. You know the Bible tells us, don't let anything come out of our mouth that's going to be destructive to other people. So what can we learn about being angry? What is it going on in your life that you think causes that? To be honest, even though it's completely a wrong way of thinking, sometimes it's the way other people act. Okay, so you're, you're impatient with people? Yes, very impatient. And, you know, me living here in Michigan, I always say a lot of people don't know how to drive and, you know, <laughs> people need to be in their own lane and they don't want to... Uh, Hey, you know, they do yeah. that in Arizona, too. <laughs> so you get a little road rage? You get a little angry? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think? Let me ask Let me ask you this. Just let's get really, really practical. What one thing do you think you could do for the next 30 days every time you feel the little road rage or the anger, you're ready to open your mouth and say something or do something that you're going to regret? What one thing, one simple thing that might help you at that moment Take captive your thought at that moment for Christ. What do you think it would be? 
Just pray for him. Okay. Will you do that for 30 days? Oh, yeah, I can do that for 30 days. Uh, I'm a truck driver, so I'm out of state a lot, too. So uh, it usually gets interesting when I'm down south driving. <laughs> there are those drivers. Listen, Corey, here, here, here's what I'm encourage you to do. Because you called. I love you and want the best for you. Um, when you feel that on the road, you don't know what that per- I always tell myself, I don't know what that person's going through. They might have just come from the hospital and got a bad diagnosis. Maybe they had a fight with their spouse. Maybe they're late to something that's going to change their life. Or maybe they're just having a bad day. Or maybe they just, they, they're not connecting. They don't care. I don't know. But uh, to be able to stop at that moment and tell yourself the truth, A, I can't change them. I can only change me. Two, if I lash out or do something, ultimately I'm hurting myself more than them because they're driving on and forgetting about me. And third, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect my spirit and my attitude and, and my day. So I get no benefit, nothing, from allowing that anger to turn to sin in my life. But I do get a benefit to say, boy, I wonder what they're going through today. God, be with them. Slow down a little bit. Move over to the other lane and let them pass on by. Will you do that for 30 days? Oh, yeah, I can definitely do that for 30 days. All right, I'll tell you what. I don't know if you will or not, but 30 days from now, you call or leave a text and tell me what difference that uh, can make in your life, okay? Definitely. Okay, yeah, Some days are better than others, even for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and by the way, I know that people listening say, hey, the anger goes a lot deeper than just feeling frustrated on the road. That's why I say, I believe... And I believe the, the scripture teaches us that emotion is given to us. In fact, hang on for a minute, Corey. I want, if you're willing, I'm going to have Stephen send you a copy of my book, Hijacked Emotions, because that's really what it is. It's a hijacked emotion. So hang on. Uh, but I believe that God gives us emotion for a reason. Be angry and don't sin. So God gives us these emotions. If you're feeling guilty, why? Is it legitimate or not? If you're angry, what are you angry about? Where is that coming from? Get a little introspective. Why am I angry? What, what, what's going on in my life? Is this honoring God? Is, is there something I should be doing with this emotion? If you're feeling frustrated in your marriage, maybe instead of being frustrated at your spouse to say, Lord, I'm feeling angry at my spouse. Why am I feeling angry? What's going on in my life that I need to work on to be the husband or wife that I need to be or address an issue that we need to address in our marriage? Be angry, but don't sin. Be guilty, but don't sin. Be lonely, but don't sin. There's a, we can turn any emotion, any negative emotion into sin, or we can, I believe we can take a negative emotion and, and use it to become a fuel. I write about that in Hijacked Emotions. Use it as a fuel to drive us in a healthier uh, direction in our life. All right. Thank you, Corey. Let me go to Leona in Michigan. How are you? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you? Good. Good. What's your one thing today? Well, I actually did the one thing um, a year ago, and I've stuck to it, but I I need more help, I guess. Um, my husband has a heart condition and made him more susceptible in 2020 when he got COVID, and he almost died. Mm. Um, he is a smoker. Um, he 
almost died again last year because his gallbladder ruptured and he was still smoking. And then last week he was in the hospital. He had somehow gotten sepsis um, and turned into a UTI and he was there for five days and he's home now. My issue is that he drove himself to the hospital because I was out of town, so I got there after. And in his paperwork, he had stated to the medical staff that he quit smoking in um, 2022. I know that to be untrue. I know he still smokes. I smell it on him when he comes in the house. My concern is that uh, he can lie to himself, he can lie to me, but lying to the medical staff ties their hands if they need that information for treating him and I don't know how to go about bringing this up all my my nagging all my pleading all that was doing was hurting both of us and I quit that a year ago and I don't want to start that again well it's interesting I wonder why I lied to them he's ashamed probably is that what it is? I'm sure that's true yeah Yeah, I'm sure that and he feels guilty and he knows that it's he's on oxygen he's been on oxygen since covid he's going to be on it the rest of his life and still smoking that's just shortening what he has left yeah well i think you know there we we talk a lot about using uh, logical natural consequences and reality with but this is a life and death kind of a thing and maybe a little different i i wonder if you should sit to your with your husband and just say to him honey i love you and I have no idea why you didn't tell the doctors, but I'm going to tell you something they need to know for their, for their benefit and for your benefit. And if you don't tell them, I'm going to tell them. Yeah. I just, I didn't realize this until yesterday. You know, I had his, all his papers and I started reading through to see if there was anything that I needed to be watching for. And that just hit me right between the eyes and, well, as you know, you're not, you can't be responsible. It's a three foot rule. My wife can't be responsible when I eat things I'm not supposed to eat, even though I know I shouldn't. Um, And you can't be responsible if he chooses to smoke a cigarette or does something that's not good for his health. Um, As you know, I mean, those are reality. But I do think in a case like this, you would be right to be able to say, honey, I don't know, maybe not thinking right, you're on oxygen, you're in the hospital. Maybe you forgot for whatever reason, but the doctors need to know that you've still been smoking off and on because I know it and you know it. And uh, if you don't tell them, you need to tell them. But if you don't, this isn't nagging. If you don't, I will. Yeah. Maybe you want me to tell them. Okay. Maybe you could ask for permission. Say, do you want me to tell them or do you want to tell them? Yeah. Okay. I'm concerned because I, he's having surgery on Monday too. And yeah. Well, I think the I doctor, just, the, the physicians are not going to be appreciating not knowing the information in my view. And okay. I, I, that's what I would do. Now, I know not everybody would agree, but I would do that. Secondly, however... Maybe not right now when he's in a critical state, but I hope you've had the discussion with him. Honey, uh, there's things I'm concerned. Do we have an estate plan? Do you know what his plans are if he doesn't survive these things? Um, Have you had the talk? We do, and we both have um, advanced directives at the hospital. We are in our 70s, so we have actually done that already. Well, you're asking my opinion. That's what I would do. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And and, and above and beyond that, Leona, we're going to have our people pray for your husband that he'll find uh, the doctors will find success in the surgery and he'll be given more time and in the process that um, the two of you can enjoy more days together. Okay. All right. Do we need to take a break? Is that 
I mean, you you know the timing on all this over there, Jennifer. All right, let's take a break, and I'll I'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. I'm just calling in to make a comment on what I'm doing intentionally for my marriage and towards my husband. Support from listeners like you is helping others live intentionally. He is not saved, but I'm praying for him every day. Also, 1 Peter 3, 5, I'm trying to live it out where it says, Wife, be submissive to your husband, even though they are not in the Word. For by your conduct, they shall be won over. And mm-hmm. since I've been doing that for the last couple of years, he is now going to church. He's going twice a week. He still hasn't made that commitment in his heart yet, but faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the Word of God, and he's way further than when he was several years ago. Impacting lives for Christ is what intentional living is all about, and you can help make a difference by becoming a member of the Intentional Living Support Team right now. Call 888-888-1717. That's 888-888-1717. She gave up the spiritual nag uh, button. That's good. Hey, listen, um, I think we all understand and appreciate that the number one concern we have for our children, grandchildren, spouse, who are not part of the family of God, is that they would give their life to Christ. And so we are all potentially, well, guilty of nagging, right? And I just keep telling him we're not the Holy Spirit. We pray. And then, uh, as, as she said, living our lives in a way that um, they can see Christ in us. I think it gives us more responsibility than ever. Talking about the power of one thing, leave your comment at 888 to be a part of the journey to receive ongoing teaching from the ministry and to help support what we do on the radio here and online around the world. Come and be a, a support member. You're Monthly support, a dollar a day, $30 a month, helps us. And uh, we'll make sure you get the link to hook up to the on-demand content, all available online on uh, the platform we've developed for our members. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, or call during West Coast Business Hours, 888-888-1717. All right, Mel's in Arizona. Hi, Mel. How you doing? Hi, Dr. Randy. I appreciate your call. What's uh, what's your one thing? All right. I don't know if this is what you were looking for, but the Lord put it on my heart last summer to start going to the gym regularly. Oh, how's that going? And I've, Well, it's going great. Um, I've challenged myself to aim for four days a week, uh-huh. uh, specifically strength training. Yeah. And it's really remarkable to see that just the progress that I've made. Um, and from there... I feel like he used that tool um, because I do keep track of my progress. I have a little notebook. I put everything in. I feel like the Lord used that to show me, you know, what if you attacked your prayer life and your mm. spiritual life with the same level of ferocity? Yeah. People, people would see it on you like they see the change from the gym. That's right. Listen, what, that's the whole idea. You just unlocked the secret of the power of one thing. We're, we're 
sort of tricking people. And if you do one thing for 30 days and you find success, you could take that same skill and use it in your spiritual life. You can use it in your financial life and other areas because it takes the same kind of one thing dedication. Because now that's a habit. You probably find that now after what, how long you've been doing this? Uh, May of last year. So help me with yeah. the, the timing on that. Well, that's uh, almost <laughs> I, a year, 10 months. So what you're saying, at this point, it's a habit. You probably feel kind of like, hey, if I don't do this, you know, you feel kind of out of it. Exactly. It's just second nature now. T- tell us um, a little bit how this has changed your life. Sounds like it's made a difference to you. How has it impacted, uh, I don't know, other areas of your life and your health, maybe relationships, how you feel about the day, whatever. Well, it's funny you mentioned health, doctor. Um, My testimony is I came out of the New Age movement. I was a witch for almost 20 years of my life. Now, granted, Hmm. I'm young. Do the math on that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, and I think when you leave something like that, I, I understand that's not most people's story, but when I left the New Age, I had to run from my life towards Jesus. And getting me in the gym, um, teaching me skills. Like, I took up running recently, too. I, I have a dog that needs the exercise, and uh-huh. I happen to enjoy it. Um, but I, I think that's just another discipline of perseverance. And when you have a walk like mine, and so many young women especially do anymore, mm. you can't. You cannot be easily deterred from the end goal. I think about what Paul says. Um, you know, I happen to enjoy boxing too, but like, you know, run your race, right. finish strong, run your race. There's going to be rounds and rounds and rounds. And I feel like I have just been running towards Jesus for two years straight. That's and great. I can finally take a breath. Amen. What, what drew you out of that? What was it that brought you to the Lord? Um... It was a lot of different things. I can give credit to my husband for praying for me. Um, You know, he wasn't a strong believer, but the seeds were there. I can give credit to my grandmother for always praying and interceding for me. Um, Obviously, it was the Lord Jesus. Like, you know, God had never in... (sighs) My bloodline knew the Lord. My family knew the Lord. I knew the Lord as a child. You know, he let me he let me play around on the playground and see for myself for a few years. But, mm. you know, eventually I got too close to the edge and he had to pull me back. Mm. Um, but there were many people who shared their testimonies along the way. I think of a, um, a, a, a gentleman, an older gentleman, who shared his testimony from Vietnam. And, you know, you wouldn't think that I would have anything in common with someone like that, but it really spoke to me. And I liked the Bible verse he had because at the time I was under numbers. I liked the numbers. Hmm. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It was just little things that little by little chipped away at that that hardened heart that I had allowed to grow. And finally, in January of twenty eighteen, one of my close friends and mentors. Um, I was an astrologer, so at the time it was an astrology friend, which I absolutely abhor now, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he died. Um, he, he got really sick and he died. And he, I just remember him being very afraid and me being raised in the church thinking, 
I don't know how to comfort you because I don't know that I have good news for you. I I never really thought about it like that. I I I I think what I was looking for was my prophetic gifting. And I had allowed the world to corrupt that because it was easier to use the devil's tools. It was quicker to use his algorithm rather than wait for the word of the Lord. Mm. Wow. Um, my friend died and I was very lost and I, I sought the Lord. I fell on my knees at a church and cried. And he, he came to meet me the next day. He told me he's always loved me. I felt the full power and presence of, of the Lord Jesus. The way that I explain it to people is it's like morphine. It's, mm-hmm. it's unreal. And yeah, I told my husband, I was, I was just ecstatic. Like, my God, he's real this whole time. Like, what have I been doing? And I remember asking him, Jesus, I remember sitting on my bed and asking Jesus, what do I do now? As I'm looking around at my room, you know, the the books that I've collected, the crystals, the knickknacks, the altar, like, what do I do with all of this stuff? And I think back to, you know, what the word says in Acts. He told me to, he told me, you already know. And I remember being frustrated by that because I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean I already know? And like, you, you have this, like, you have scripture, you know, the answer to that. Burn it. Mm. Amen. Um, So it's, it's been, it's been a struggle, but I was finally obedient and I got out. And my health is starting to recover. Everything in my life is starting to recover. And I just have so much sympathy now for, for people who get into this because they're just lost, they're hurting. It's an anxiety thing, doctor. You know, I used to be a compulsive chain smoker, like trying to figure out the future. It's just an anxiety. But I know, I know now you can cast your cares on him because he will not only hold you up and pull you up by his right hand, but he goes before you, he comes behind you, he's always with you. Mm. There's, there's nothing I have to fear. Mm. Um, and I, just, I guess I just want to encourage someone that you have all of the tools at your disposal, you have all of the knowledge at your disposal, you have all of the power at your disposal. You just need the Lord. Thank you, Mal. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you call to say, hey, my one thing is working out at the gym. That seems pretty insignificant after that story, right? Because that's a fulfillment of, hey, my life has changed, it's growing, and this is one more thing I'm adding into it to gain health and be stronger. But man, you, you, you remind me, Mal, of that passage of uh, the Apostle Paul in Philippians where he says, forgetting those things which are behind, clearly that's what you've done. And I want to say to someone listening, maybe you haven't been into astrology and witchcraft and all these things, but maybe you've just been neglecting your relationship with Christ. You just haven't put God at the center of your life and you've had other things you've been playing with and you're tired of it. And Mel just 
really, I think, says to us what Paul says to us in Philippians, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the goal. This one thing I do, that's what he said, this one thing I do. He could have been on the show today, right? This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the goal. The upward call of Christ on my life for the prize. One of the things we tell people, it's not how you finish, it's how you, it's how you end. And maybe the whole, maybe you're in the middle. I always tell people the middle of anything is a mess. The middle of life, the middle of marriage, the middle of a project. Come on, you start a project at home, you're excited. In the end, you're, you're pleased. In the middle, it's a mess. And it can be a messy life. It's the direction you're headed in like Mel every day, being intentional. Her one thing, pursuing Christ. That's powerful. Your child needs this every day. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. When you think back to your favorite teacher, what was it about them that you remember? I bet high on your list was encouragement. I can recall a camp cook who went out of her way to encourage me to pursue ministry when I was a teenager. I can still recall everything about that moment. It impacted my life. Encouragement is like an infusion of vitamins for your soul. And Paul says, encourage one another and build one another up. Encouragement is also like water on a hot Arizona day. Without encouragement, you will wither and die. Encourage your child every day. If you do that one thing, you'll change their life and yours as well. And that is intentional parenting. Go to theintentionallife.com slash minute to get the Intentional Living Minute in your email every day. From our Intentional Living Center in Tucson, Arizona, I'm Dr. Randy along with Jennifer and Stephen and a whole host of uh, staff working behind the scenes on the phone and doing mailings and uh, getting conferences and events ready. Uh, we love being with you. And when I we talk about encouragement, that little spot you heard, what an encouragement to hear from Mel. And I just want to say to all of you today, we've talked to, you know, when um, someone dealing with anger, someone who wants to quit nagging and Uh, overcoming negativity, and all the things that we talk about in life. Hey, listen, the one thing is to come back, to humbly say, God, I need to get back to a place with you and get that relationship with him straight. Getting into his word, praying, growing in your relationship, being in Christian community. I believe in the church. The Bible teaches that. Don't forsake assembling together. You say, well, I can do it online. Well, yeah, that's, that's okay when you can't get in sometimes or... When you're sick, I understand it, but I really encourage you to be in that fellowship. There's something about being there in that same room and worshiping God together when you can. I know you all can't sometimes because of health and so on. But being into a Bible-believing, teaching church, pastors, if you're listening, be encouraged. You're in the pulpit. I know, listen, I know what you guys are going through. You preach the word and you leave and you wonder if anybody ever heard it. Just keep telling the truth. Just keep preaching the word and doing it with love involving yourself in the lives of those in your church. That's why we're here to be a part of your life. And uh, I want to thank our members who are supporting the ministry. Listen, you men and women, couples, singles, young and old, you make stories like Mel's and others available to share around the world for changed lives. Today, someone gave their life to Christ, and in part because of your support, and we thank you for it. If you're not a part of the team, would you come and join us, please? We need your help. Go to theintentionallife.com, click on donate, theintentionallife.com, or call during West Coast Business Hours, 888-888-1717. And then just a reminder that the Intentional Love Marriage Date Nights 
Both of them sold out this weekend in Michigan. Looking forward to being with you in East Lansing and in Auburn Hills. I'm Dr. Randy. Got to run. We'll see you next time. In fact, tomorrow right here from Intentional Living.